You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. This is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Would you build a house without a foundation? Would you have a child and not name it? Would you let a stranger squat on your property? No, of course not. So why should the Internet be any different? Every week, speak with top domain experts. Learn how to make money with domains. Know your legal rights. Each week, join our expert host to be master of your domain. Right here on Domain Master. Hello, this is Monty Khan. Welcome to another great week of Domain Masters. Uh, Today, we're going to be speaking with uh, Josh Bourne from Fairwind Partners. LLC, and also uh, the president of the Coalition Against Domain Name Abuse. Stay tuned. And cut, we're going to do a couple commercials, pay a couple bills, and be back on with Josh Bourne. You're just minutes away from more Domain Masters. The question is, are you still master of your domain? Stay tuned. A rose by any other name would still be the same. Move over, Shakespeare. You need to differentiate yourself from your competition. Do it by aligning yourself with a company who has earned the trust of Jupiter Media, the NHL, and Lionsgate Films, among others. Moniker.com is the most secure ICANN-accredited register on the planet, offering you domain registration, hosting, domain sales, and acquisition services. Wrap that up with 24-7 support. That's your winning combination. M-O-N-I-K-E-R. Com. More than a name. Friend Finder. Friend Finder. The world's largest online dating network featuring over 100 million profiles at hot sites such as Passion.com and FastCupid.com represents enormous profit-making opportunities for webmasters just like you. With Friend Finder's ability to geo-target and provide billing solutions in most languages and currencies, you are sure to find our comprehensive network to be a good friend to your wallet. wallet. Get more traffic-maximizing details. Tell us now at friendfinder.com. Howdy, boys, and you girls, too. I'm here to talk to you about Milnick Media, the best CPA network, period. They sure know how to deliver, and I know something about deliverance. Now, you want to get paid? Damn right you do. We'll make sure you get your money. Millionaire Media's got support people who know their ass from their elbow. Need a new jet ski? How about one of them new fangled plasma TVs? Well, Cousin Jeremy here will hook you up with our performance rewards program. Email submits, zip submits, ringtone. 
Jones? Hell, we got them all! Yeehaw! Hey there, it's Cousin Jeremy. Get on over to M-I-L-L-N-I-C-Media.com and we'll have you so happy, you'll be squealing like a pig. Search changes every day, and SEOs stay informed with the help of the largest search engine news authority on the web. The Search Engine Newsroom of WebmasterRadio.fm. Weekdays, Danny Sullivan headlines the biggest stories in search and delivers compelling commentary with the search engine pros on the Daily Searchcast. Ryan Eisenberg, Anthony Garcia, and Robert Durrell break down thousands of blogs daily to bring you news and views five days a week on BlogBot. Webmaster Radio also brings you no-holds-barred analysis and opinions every week with StrikePoint, The Pulse, SEO. The rock stars and the alternative. The search for news stops here with the Search Engine News Authority, WebmasterRadio.fm. Get clicked, covered, and ringed on. All week long on WebmasterRadio.fm. Your destination for education and entertainment. WebmasterRadio.fm. We're everywhere. Now, back to Domain Masters. You're still master of your domain. Yes! (laughs) Master of my domain. Here's your host. Hello, welcome back to Domain Masters. Uh, Again, this is Monty Khan, your host. Uh, My guest tonight is Josh Bourne. Josh is the co-founder and managing partner for Fairwinds Partners, LLC, and the president of the Coalition Against Domain Name Abuse. Previously, Josh worked as the business development manager with Register.com. During his six years in this role, he was involved in the establishment of Register.com's Corporate Domain Services Program. Josh has been recognized as a thought leader on the domain name system, internet strategy, and corporate online risk management, and is a frequent speaker in industry events. Josh, welcome to Domain Masters. Monty, thanks a lot. I appreciate the opportunity to, to be on your show. Well, Josh, you operate in an interesting niche that crosses over between domaining and corporate business strategy. Tell us more about the focus of Fairwind Partners. Absolutely. Uh, You know, my my partner, Phil Odico, and I, who um, had worked previously at Register.com, noticed that the – that – corporate domain name owners were, were missing a lot of opportunities out there. And we wondered why that was. And we, we, we considered that it's because they were not getting the kind of advice that, that could really lead them in the right directions. You know, for the most part, corporations are depending on salespeople and other kinds of advisors who, you know, could be conflicted by the way they're compensated at registrar. So we speculated that... Um, with our industry knowledge, our background, and our our, our um, frequent conversations with brand owners, uh, we could add a lot of value, um, help them open their eyes to new opportunities in the domain space. So how many um, clients do you have uh, with Fairwinds, and what's the average uh, domains under management for each of these clients? Well, they're, they're larger companies. Um, we're focused on, on providing services to the Global 500 um, we've only been in business um, about a year now and are working for upwards of 20 clients. Their portfolios really vary in, in size. Um, on the low side, it's between one and 2,000 domain names, and on the high side, over 10,000 names. And how do, your, how do your products and services differ from, let's say, uh, Mark Monitor, who does very similar things on uh, domain name management and brand protection? Well, a big part of, of what we've done in Fairwinds Partners is similar to what some of the other Mark Monitor-type companies do, which is provide advice around risk management and protecting the brand and insulating it from third-party infringement. Um, we've taken that uh, a, a much larger step forward by also looking at best practices from, for instance, the domaining community. 
Um, what you see there is people who are really getting the full value out of their domain names, and they understand the practice of direct navigation. Um, we're helping companies to make sure that they not only own the right set of domain names, very often they own too few, sometimes too many, but nearly every time the wrong set of domain names. And we're also helping them leverage their, their portfolios to offer consumers who practice direct navigation an experience. Um, some of our research has shown that below 15% of domain names held in a corporate portfolio are even turned on, or if they are, they're activated to some kind of a default page, such as their registrar's coming soon page. And that's only answering half the call to duty for a corporate domain owner. You know, they do want to register names to keep them off the shelf, to keep them protected and in their, in their um, portfolios. But so long as you have it, you know, ask any domainer, it's not going to do you any good unless you're using it to deliver an impression and to drive traffic someplace else. So how do you go about helping companies protect their domain uh, name rights and, uh, and possible infringements? Well, it's a very methodical process. And again, this is very different from what anybody else is doing. Uh, we've heard about law firms and other kind of providers trying to come up with domain name strategies for their clients. And what we've seen and what's been shared with us has been absolutely um, minimalist at best. Um, we normally embark on a four-month process where we get very deep and collect notes and perform interviews with brand managers, division managers, country managers, um, channel managers, everybody who, whose business is touching the web. We find out what brands are most critical to own for them what type of programs, promotions, campaigns, even what misspellings are typical in their jurisdiction. The end product is a 30 to 50 page domain name strategy that answers the questions, what do we need to own to protect ourselves in line with our risk appetite, and what do we need to own in order to deliver consumers meaningful and converting um, online experiences? So you wouldn't consider yourself, uh, necessarily consider yourself or call yourself a domainer, but how did you get into the business uh, from the very start? Monty, which business? Uh, the domain business. Oh, the domain business. Uh, it was very easy. In 1999, I was working for the Xerox Corporation. Um, two months after uh, a one-year stint working for the ex-chairman and chief executive of Xerox, my first job out of college. Some of my friends were leaving Xerox to join a company that was about to go public called Register.com, and I've always been interested in, in becoming one day an entrepreneur, and I thought this would be a great opportunity for me to learn about um, a new business, an exciting industry, and, and a group that was growing quickly. Um, I joined them, and six years later, um, I developed enough of my, my own ideas, unique sets of experiences, and was in a position to to provide value through a different outlet, something like Fairwinds Partners. And um, did you find that, um, that, you know, from working at Xerox that uh, one of the big problems they had was protecting their corporate brand and their identity? Well, I wasn't part of those kind of conversations back then. Um, so, no, I, I didn't learn that there. I, I learned it through my experiences at Register.com, working with corporations and brand owners, um, watching them, Try to uh, try to protect their brands, given whatever kind of budgets they had. Um, but there's this unlimited permutation, so you really have to get focused, get strategic, ask yourself the tough questions, get an expert involved to help you figure out what's risky and what's really not. You know, look at the namespace. There's over 700 
domain extensions that we track and monitor here, the large majority of them are neither commercially relevant nor are, are, are opportunities for, for their brand to be damaged. So you really need to make good choices. Now, was the corporate uh, division for Register.com something that, was, that you considered a profitable business for them? I have no idea um, whether or not it was profitable for them. Um, because, you know, they sold that off to uh, uh, CSC, and um, right. Right. Um, that was a big surprise in the industry that they would get rid of that corporate um, arm of their business, uh, given the what potentially was a nice profit right. mark, higher well, price domain names and corporate brand protection. Well, what I can say is that I work for the corporate services division for Register.com. The biggest business by far at Register.com was its retail channel, and I believe that they were very interested in staying focused on yeah. that core business. Yeah, I agree. Now, do you individually or does Fairwinds own any domain names themselves? We do. We do. We have a portfolio of about 100 domain names that are beneficial to our business. We actually own a variety of, of typographical uh, misspellings of uh, Fairwinds. We own some country domains. Um, and we're constantly evaluating domain names that we can acquire on the open market that could funnel relevant traffic into our site, mainly category domain names. And I understand you do do some brokering of domain names that uh, make sense for your clients as well. Uh, can you explain a little bit about that process and uh, some of the domain names you've brokered? Absolutely. I mean, it's a very rare opportunity that comes up when we get involved in the brokerage space. And we're very careful about this space because we want to ensure that the domain names that we're involved in are highly commercially relevant. We add value to the seller by marketing it strategically to the right kind of buyers that can leverage it. What's more, though, we work with the sellers or the buyers who are people that Fairwinds tends to be in contact with already and talking to them about how a name such as a pharmacy.com could support their branded online business strategy. The two can be complementary, but that's not always the case. And so, so a couple of the ones that we're involved uh, with right now are, are both whiteteeth.com and pharmacy.com. And we're constantly evaluating new, new opportunities that are brought to us. Um, but it's a pretty rare instance and a, and a small part of our overall business. So let's, uh, let's dive into a little bit of uh, the actual products and services offered by um, Fairwinds Partners. Uh, okay. what, what are some of the services you provide to your clients in, in more detail? Sure. The most typical project that we're hired to perform is the domain name strategy. This is really our core business. And, and again, the reason why I think it's been selected by so many of our clients is that looking back over the last 10, 12, you know, 15, even 20 years that they've been purchasing and registering domain names, it's often been owned and managed by various people within the business. Right. And it's possible that at no point along the road, a strategy has actually been put on biz- on paper, and I don't know many business decisions that can be that can be effective um, without somebody spending time to assess the overall risks and benefits, and then putting together a first class way to address them. Also, the, it's a moving target; things change. What made sense years ago, for instance, when .biz launched, might not make sense today because we have more and better information to guide better decisions about it. So domain strategy is really very typical, and it's, the funny thing about it is that um, while we do normally recommend slashing a fair number of domain names that, that provide no either traffic benefit or risk management benefit, um, we, we often, very often recommend a fair number of registrations. One, one project that we recently completed will take the client's portfolio from 1,500 domain names to 3,000, and the majority of the domain names that are required to be added 
are CCTLDs. All that work will be pushed out through their domain name registrar. Right, and I guess I guess the importance of CCTLDs varies by organization. Uh, those that um, that operate internationally and right. whose brands and services are used across uh, right. the, the international community, it's obviously more important. Right. What do you su- suggest to clients that don't have an international presence, but the use of CCTLDs of their brands and services could jeopardize their business um, in other countries? Do you do you still suggest a a defensive reg- registration in those country codes, or is it specific per company, depending on what their overall goals and strategy are? The work that we do is so highly specific. We've never once reused a domain name strategy from one client to another because it's so highly specific. You know, as you know, the financial services and pharmaceutical industries in particular are so highly regulated that their their business strategies are very different from a, a consumer products company. And even the consumer products companies might sell um, one one brand of potato chips in the U.S. and they sell and package the ex- identical pr- product in another country, or an automotive automobile manufacturer. Um, you, know, you can buy a, a Chevy Cobalt here in the U.S., but you might be buying the same car with a Foxhall badge on it in the U.K. Right. So everything is different as you go from place to place. And what I would say about the need for defensive registrations is, yes, even if you're operating in the U.S., maybe you're a financial services company like an insurance company that's only licensed to sell insurance in this country, and it's not in your business model to sell internationally, it still makes sense to hold key CCTLDs in country codes like CoUK, DE, CN, CoKR, the ones that get a lot of traffic, and the ones where somebody might try to, to leverage the notoriety of your brand, which might be famous worldwide, even if those products are only sold in this country. The difference being State Farm should have defensive registrations internationally. They just need far fewer than, for instance, um, Coca-Cola. Now, now this brings up an interesting point um, that uh, I always get questions about and, and guide people. Um, sure. So, you know, using some famous marks and brands, um, you know, obviously um, there is a big question out there about who really owns the rights to a particular brand, especially if it's not uh, registered or if it is registered, but it yeah. registered by, let's say, for example, a Coke distributor um, and the usage of those rights. Um, what What is your sense and what is your guidance on... Um, um, you know, instructing your clients or, or educating your clients on the use of domain names. Obviously, the big controversy is is that um, a corporation doesn't have automatic rights to something that has not been registered if they didn't take the time to go register it themselves and if they had a, able time to do so. In other words, by not registering the name, which they should be registering and paying for, mm-hmm. um, does not give them automatic rights to that particular name just because it has a famous mark or brand. That's the big argument. And if someone does register that mark or brand, that's famous for a company. It's how it's used and, and how it may be causing customer confusion or potential damage to the actual trademark holder. But what happens if somebody does claim to have a legitimate right? Like, you know, they sell auto parts, and so therefore they registered Chevy parts uh, or Chevy, you know, uh, products and services. Or if it's a Coke distributor and they use Coca-Cola in the name. What's your initial thoughts around that kind of registration, and how do you guide your corporate clients and the potential infringers on that whole process? Because it's a kind of a gray area. Right. Well, I'll answer that question in two parts because I think it's necessary to. The, f- the first part of your question was, I think you, you alluded to to the snooze you lose kind of atmosphere where you said that a brand owner didn't register something that they should have, and therefore, in a way, it's fair game. And I disagree with that because there's no way to know how many exhaustive permutations one must maintain to keep them off the public domain. 
The second bit is, I don't believe that the way that the law, at least in this country, is written, um, that it is it is possible or permissible by law to register a name that incorporates a trademark such as Coca-Cola if one doesn't have the rights to that. So it, that that piece of your question, you might want to clarify a little bit because that that wasn't clear. I don't think what you said is accurate. Well, I guess I guess what my point is is that one would think, based off of some of the legislation that's being proposed or some of the movements that that are happening in the, right. in the industry, is that right. if the name had, and I'm just using Coca-Cola for example, right. or, or we can use Microsoft or any of the ones that are actually making a big swing for their for their brands. Okay. Um, one is one is um, uh, perceiving the fact that because there's a famous mark or brand or, or or name within a domain name, that automatic rights are given to the trademark holder even though they didn't spend the time, energy, or money to register that property. In other words, they could literally cover themselves by not having to register the domain name, and as soon as somebody does register that domain name, then all of a sudden they're open to a lawsuit. Wouldn't you say that, or wouldn't you agree that um, it's unfair to, 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 to assume that a famous trademark holder automatically has rights of every variation of a particular trademark name within a domain name if they didn't go out and register them or didn't make an effort to try to acquire them from the customer that may have registered them, that they didn't get automatic rights to that just because they didn't register the domain name and didn't spend the time, energy, or the money to do so. It's a really interesting question, Monty, um, and, I'm, and I, I thank you for raising it because I've, I've never been asked that question before. Um, I would say that it is not the trademark owner's responsibility to consider every possible permutation of their brand and register it and warehouse it in advance. And it's also, in, in my understanding of the way the law is written, at least the ACPA, that the, the responsibility is not on the trademark owner to do that, to think in advance of every possible permutation and register them. And if others who maybe more quickly um, or respond to a need or a perceived need where people might type in an address, go out and register that, then it's the trademark owner's then responsibility if they choose to, to execute on that responsibility to identify and enforce their rights to that name. Okay. Well, it's an interesting perspective. Um, you know, that's the, big, that's the big question. Like if, um, well, how do you feel about the registration of domain names that actually point or end up to the benefit of the trademark holder, but they could be registered by another individual? In other words, really interesting. A, a PPC page that actually ends up to the ultimate trademark holder that is paying for a pay-per-click uh, advertising campaign through Google, and then right. no other competitive um, uh, links or advertisements show up on that page. So therefore, the, uh, the end user yeah. trademark holder ultimately ends up with the client anyway. I think PPC sites are terrific. I really do, th I do believe in direct navigation. I believe in the benefit to the overall Internet community to find content where they hope to find content when otherwise they might have an error page. Right. So I'm all about filling up that space, and I'll give you an example. Our office here in Washington, the benefit to the overall Internet community to find content where they hope to find content when otherwise they might have an error page. Right. So I'm all about filling up that space, and I'll give you an example. Our office here in Washington, the benefit to the overall Internet community to find content where they hope to find content when otherwise they might have an error page. Right. So I'm all about filling up that space, and I'll give you an example. Our office here in Washington, the benefit to the overall Internet community to find content where they hope to find content when otherwise they might have an error page. Right. So I'm all about filling up that space, and I'll give you an example. Our office here in Washington, the benefit to the overall Internet community to find content where they hope to find content when otherwise they might have an error page. Right. So I'm all about filling up that space, and I'll give you an example. Our office here in Washington, 
the benefit to the overall Internet community to find content where they hope to find content when otherwise they might have an error page. Right. So I'm all about filling up that space, and I'll give you an example. Our office here in Washington, the benefit to the overall Internet community to find content where they hope to find content when otherwise they might have an error page. Right. So I'm all about filling up that space, and I'll give you an example. Our office here in Washington, the benefit to the overall Internet community to find content where they hope to find content when otherwise they might have an error page. Right. So I'm all about filling up that space, and I'll give you an example. Our office here in Washington, the benefit to the overall Internet community to find content where they hope to find content when otherwise they might have an error page. Right. So I'm all about filling up that space, and I'll give you an example. Our office here in Washington, the benefit to the overall Internet community to find content where they hope to find content when otherwise they might have an error page. Right. So I'm all about filling up that space, and I'll give you an example. Our office here in Washington, the benefit to the overall Internet community to find content where they hope to find content when otherwise they might have an error page. Right. So I'm all about filling up that space, and I'll give you an example. Our office here in Washington, the benefit to the overall Internet community to find content where they hope to find content when otherwise they might have an error page. Right. So I'm all about filling up that space, and I'll give you an example. Our office here in Washington, the benefit to the overall Internet community to find content where they hope to find content when otherwise they might have an error page. Right. So I'm all about filling up that space, and I'll give you an example. Our office here in Washington is actually benefiting uh, Coca-Cola the way that you said, and I'll tell you why. A, um, the advertising, advertisements that come up on that particular pay-per-click site are they could the benefit to the overall Internet community to find content where they hope to find content when otherwise they might have an error page. Right. So I'm all about filling up that space, and I'll give you an example. Our office here in Washington, the benefit to the overall Internet community to find content where they hope to find content when otherwise they might have an error page. Right. So I'm all about filling up that space, and I'll give you an example. Our office here in Washington, the benefit to the overall Internet community to find content where they hope to find content when otherwise they might have an error page. Right. So I'm all about filling up that space, and I'll give you an example. Our office here in Washington... One of the things I do when I speak a lot at conferences sure. is, is um, um, and, and this goes back to, you know, how do you guide one of your clients to protect their brand and identity? Uh-huh. One of the easiest steps I recommend for clients to, um, to pursue, um, and also to people that listen to um, some of our talks about um, uh-huh. the value of intellectual property, uh-huh. online branding, um, thinking outside of just core names that you want to register... Um, not only covering some of the various extensions, but to actually go through an exercise back at their office through uh, either employees or friends and family and just try to type in the core brand or core brands and services or products into the computer uh, several times, 50 to 100 times by each employee, and then log those mistypes and then try to go out and register them. And also log who might be registering those names or who might be taking advantage of that mistype, um, most likely competitors or other folks. Great idea. Wanting on those brands. Yeah. What are some of the other exercises that you put your clients through to help protect their online identity across multiple extensions, across multiple misspells? Right. When is too many too many, and when is not enough not enough? I like to view just about everything in the world um, through the lens of traffic. If it gets enough traffic that's relevant, it's, it's worth owning. At some point of, of ROI, you know, you've got to have a break-even point. It's going to be different for different companies based on what their conversion rate is and what the value of those goods or services that they convert. So for some, it might be all they need is 100 hits a year in a domain name, and, and it paid for itself. Others, they might need 1,000. Likewise, 
I use traffic, and everybody in our firm uses traffic to view and prioritize infringements. So if a given brand owner has um, maybe 500 to 1,000, in some cases four, five, six, seven thousand, 7,000, depending on how famous the trademark is, infringements, nobody's going to be able to filter through all that in a reasonable amount of time. And quite honestly, a lot of times the trademark holder doesn't want to know about that many infringements. Um, they'd rather not know. We ask them to prioritize via traffic. Um, the ones that are the most damaging to the brand could also later be the most beneficial to the brand. So the kind of ex- exercise that you mentioned, while it's a great one, um, we're not really doing that with our clients on site. Instead, we're getting the fundamentals from them, such as what are your, your sales by market, by product? What are the marketers on the ground telling us about different campaigns and programs for both branded and unbranded products? Um, we're then feeding that into our, our engine <clears throat> and the output of tiered, normally, trademarks that correspond to tiered extension lists. So for, for any of our outputs, there might be a top 150 extension list. Well, that might only be combined with their most critical brand. There could be top 50, top 35, top 20, top 5, top 1. Normally, the top 1 or the lowest tier of protection is just .com. Oddly enough, tier, the, the next highest tier from there it doesn't include net or org or any of the other GTLDs. It's normally .com, .de, co-uk, CN, sometimes CA. And the idea is it's all about capturing traffic from populations that practice direct navigation or preventing traffic diversion from populations that practice uh, direct navigation. And we get it, when we get it to start spinning um, and projecting, names that they might secure in those lowest tiers, you know, across just .com or across some of the most critical CCTLDs, we take information from all kinds of sources. We might look at um, uh, popular keyword combinations that include those different brands. And the logic there is, as you know, as uh, probably as many in the domain name community in general already follow, is that if people are thinking about an expression enough that they enter it into Google many, many times, or Yahoo for that matter, that same thought process is going to end up in the address bar. So people think of brand and category expressions the same way. They just choose a different point of entry if they're a search navigator or a direct navigator. Um, On the spinning of the typos and so on, we do exhaustive studies around what the most common um, either character, dropped character, fat finger, um, keyword or character swaps, uh, you know, the I before E, E before I kind of mistakes. We know which ones are the most likely. It tends to be around the, the outside edges of the keyboard where the most mistakes take place. And we do recommend some number of proactive um, typos, especially if it's a lengthy brand. So, um, um, well, that, that brings up uh, uh, another, I guess, another question regarding protecting brands. You sure. mentioned a lot that you, you do a lot of your analysis around traffic. What kind of tools do you use to predict traffic special URL direct type-in traffic um, that you may or may not be exposed to during, during, you know, through normal means. How are you making those decisions and recommendations, and what kind of tools are you using? Well, if we could talk again in a couple of months, I'll tell you some exciting news. But right now it's a little bit premature to, to discuss it. What I will say, however, is that there are some very reasonable and free services out there ranging from Alexa, which is probably less productive than some of the others. Some of the other... Um, traffic estimation tools like um, maybe Compete or Quantcast, one of these guys. Um, what's a little bit different about how we project traffic is 
we've managed to project traffic globally rather than focusing on, say, the U.S. like some of these other services do. Right. Uh, and ha- just through just through d- different data points and different companies' da- data, or are you... Like I said, I wish I could say a lot more, but in the next couple of months, I think we're going to be coming out with some information that will be very relevant to, to a lot of different communities um, because there's a real hunger for the ability to project traffic more accurately. Um, it, it'll require... A, a number of different data sources and so on that we might make available at that time. But more importantly, it has to do with um, what's great about Google. A lot of ways what's great about Google is their algorithm. So it's how we project and how we tested the projections to make sure that wherever possible the projection matches up against actuals, which have been confirmed by companies. Now we know that we're projecting it accurately, and that's beneficial. Okay, great. Let's shift gears a little bit into um, the Coalition Against Domain Name Abuse and uh, talk about this because this is another, you know, kind of a interesting um, uh, organization that you're now part of and also kind of a controversial one amongst domain owners that right. feel that they have a right to domain names and also right. uh, obviously some of the clients and some of the uh, big corporations that have joined force on this. Right. Give us a little bit of background on the organization and then uh, your role and then um, some of the major problems and opportunities that you see uh, from this uh organization uh, creation? Sure. I mean, it's an exciting organization. Um, First and foremost, I'd say that the reason why it has resonated in the brand owner community is that it's really quite overwhelming to to address the number of infringements and permutations that are registered by all kinds of registrants. The most critical thing that can happen um, is the, the, um, the scale of the abuse goes down, so it's much more manageable for brand owners. Um, so that they can do their job of protecting consumers, protecting themselves, and doing it in a more manageable way. Um, this particular group came together, and you'll notice that the the uh, the members, at least the founding members, have a pretty diverse background. You know, within our coalition, the representatives from their companies could be the, somebody from the trademark department, could be someone from online marketing, um, sometimes even their, their government affairs office. So it's a lot of different kinds of professional backgrounds within those companies. And everybody has their own most critical reason for joining, whether it's trying to get their arms around and bring scale to the numbers of um, cyber squatted domains out there. In other cases, it might be people that are, are worried about their brand, their image, if consumers who navigate to domain names that incorporate their brands have a negative experience. They might be a bank, somebody gets fished, it could be counterfeit um, pharmaceutical products and somebody dies. The concern certainly for the brand owner is that their brand is being used to, to harm others. Everybody agrees, I think, that in terms of percent, the amount of people that are using to, or purchasing, registering domain names that incorporate brands um, I think a tiny percent of those people are those who are hard criminals, you know, those who might conduct phishing or deposit spyware on a computer or use it to sell counter, unwanted counterfeit goods. Um, but all in all, it's about consumers and the harm. And I really think that that message is, is weighing in, on, in Washington. So, um, so those that, um, those, you know, uh, long-time domainers that have... Um, registered domain names that may or may not be infringing or, you know, that has not been determined yet uh, sure. that it's infringing or that may or may not be driving traffic to the desired locations by a, um, by a company. What's your, what's your take on that? How, how you know, I see yeah. in the news that some companies are just starting to swing a big stick and a big net and just trying to sure. 
like put everybody in the same pot as being uh, an infringer and a cyber squatter when in fact some may have rights and claims to domain names uh, right. and some may not. Um, how are you taking those bits and pieces out and um, you know providing a fair and equitable solution both for the corporate client and those that have registered names um, for long periods of time that may be monetizing on them but also may be steering traffic in the right direction? Well, unless they're pointing it to the uh, <clears throat> to the IP address of the of the of the company homepage or some other address, it's probably not being steered in the right direction. And and probably the safest thing to do is just to turn it over to the trademark owner. And I'll I'll answer your question very succinctly. You know, don't be a cyber squatter. Don't infringe brands, and and you won't have any problems. I mean, the domaining space is is a great space. Um, certainly, a lot of Fairwind's philosophies are shared with the domainers. Um, the idea and belief and, and being a champion for direct navigation, I think it makes a ton of sense. But you don't need to register a typographical error of a, of a famous brand or combine a famous brand with a geographical distinction and, and hope to net traffic that can be monetized. That practice has always has been illegal since 1999, at least in this country, and it will continue to be illegal. The members of Canada are just concerned that uh, potentially the, the laws aren't doing the job that they set out to do in 1999, and that's why they want uh, people on the Hill um, in the U.S. government to take a closer look at, at that 1999 ACPA. Right. Now let's talk a little bit about um, domain tasting. And again, sure. there's a, this is also a controversial subject. Sure, absolutely. Uh, uh, so, uh, you know, uh, we provide uh, domain tasting services to our clients. Believe it or not, a lot of yep. corporations actually use yep. that service to benefit them. Right. Um, and, of course, a lot of people have automatic scripts that pick up domain names through the tasting process. And right. by, by either intention or accident, pick up uh, cyber, you know, names that could be um, uh, um, amongst our um, offering. Uh, many of the clients that use that product and service is uh, actually corporations. Okay. Well, if, t if the AGP goes away, then they're not going to be able to use that, that service anymore, obviously. But, um, amongst our um, offering, uh, many of the clients that use that product and service is uh, actually corporations. Okay. Well, if, t if the AGP goes away, then they're not going to be able to use that, that service anymore, obviously. But, um, amongst our um, offering, uh, many of the clients that use that product and service is uh, actually corporations. Okay. Well, if t if the AGP goes away, then they're not going to be able to use that that service anymore. Obviously, um, you know, one one thing to point out here is the only reason why the Cadnet Group is is focused on AGP exploitation, be it through tasting or kiting, both of which are come to register a domain name, and they hunt around for a while and they get aggravated and they walk away because they can't find a reasonable domain name. Um, and that might be because <clears throat> while tasting identifies a com to register a domain name and they hunt around for a while and they get aggravated and they walk away because they can't find a reasonable domain name. Um, and that might be because <clears throat> while tasting identifies a com to register a domain name and they hunt around for a while and they get aggravated and they walk away because they can't find a reasonable domain name. Um, and that might be because <clears throat> while tasting identifies a com to register a domain name and they hunt around for a while, and they get aggravated, and they walk away because they can't find a reasonable domain name. Um, and that might be because <clears throat> while tasting identifies a com to register a domain name, and they hunt around for a while, and they get aggravated, and they walk away because they can't find a reasonable domain name. Um, and that might be because <clears throat> while tasting identifies a com to register a domain name, and they hunt around for a while, and they get aggravated and they walk away because they can't find a reasonable domain name. 
Um, and that might be because <clears throat> while pasting identifies a com to register a domain name and they hunt around for a while and they get aggravated and they walk away because they can't find a reasonable domain name. Um, and that might be because <clears throat> while pasting identifies a com to register a domain name and they hunt around for a while and they get aggravated and they walk away because they can't find a reasonable domain name. Um, and that might be because <clears throat> while pasting identifies a com to register a domain name and they hunt around for a while and they get aggravated and they walk away because they can't find a reasonable domain name. Um, and that might be because <clears throat> while pasting identifies a com to register a domain name and they hunt around for a while and they get aggravated and they walk away because they can't find a reasonable domain name. Um, and that might be because <clears throat> while pasting identifies a com to register a domain name and they hunt around for a while and they get aggravated and they walk away because they can't find a reasonable domain name. Um, and that might be because <clears throat> while pasting identifies a com to register a domain name and they hunt around for a while and they get aggravated and they walk away because they can't find a reasonable domain name. Um, and that might be because <clears throat> while pasting identifies a com to register a domain name and they hunt around for a while and they get aggravated and they walk away because they can't find a reasonable domain name. Um, and that might be because <clears throat> while pasting identifies a com to register a domain name and they hunt around for a while and they get aggravated and they walk away because they can't find a reasonable domain name. Um, and that might be because <clears throat> while pasting identifies a com to register a domain name and they hunt around for a while and they get aggravated and they walk away because they can't find a reasonable domain name. Um, and that might be because <clears throat> while pasting identifies a com to register a domain name and they hunt around for a while and they get aggravated and they walk away because they can't find a reasonable domain name. Um, and that might be because <clears throat> while pasting identifies a com to register a domain name and they hunt around for a while and they get aggravated and they walk away because they can't find a reasonable domain name. Um, and that might be because <clears throat> while pasting identifies and for different uses and so on, and what might in some cases be fair game won't be fair game in other, in other cases. And that's very difficult for anyone to monitor for. There are other cases, though, don't get me wrong, where the trademark isn't in the dictionary. You know, Verizon, not in the dictionary, I don't think. It's very difficult to, to not be able to filter those out. I mean, right. it's pretty easy, right? Right. That's the challenge that somebody's going to have to face. Um, there are some that are just 100% off, the, off, the, off limits, and then there's others that, depending on how you use it, it could be okay. And I think that would be a major challenge for anybody who's proposing a filter like that. Right. Okay. Well, I mean, it's interesting because, uh, you know, obviously um, by putting a, a casting net on the other side or putting a general rule right. across the other side, uh, right. you could be um, preventing uh, legitimate registrations through the tasting process just as, long, just as well as the other side. But, you know, I think, I think that there could be, if you perceive that to be a collateral damage, then I think it's, it's okay in my book, especially because the AGP might just need to be looked at a little bit more closely. I, I highly doubt that when the AGP was introduced, it was for the purpose of, of speculating on which domain names get traffic versus, versus the ones that don't get traffic, right? So <clears throat> if the AGP has, has evolved into that more often than it's used by registrars who don't actively trade um, or, or, or speculate on domain names themselves or offer products or services to their customers that that leverage um, AGP-enabled technologies such as 
pasting of drop ca- dropping domains and this kind of thing, um, then it could be that there's some middle ground in terms of um, activation on payment. Is something that I've I've read about that I think is a great idea in terms of offering registrars such as Moniker the ability to handle on the fly customer service complaints about a domain. Somebody says, "G Monty." Uh, I registered this name on Tuesday, today's Thursday, and it's not the one I wanted. I promised I'll register a different one. Well, it would be nice for you to be able to refund that their, their, their money and get back your $6 so that you have one happy customer on your hand. Right. That's a nice use of it. However, in many, many different businesses, they don't have the convenience of a get-out-of-jail-free card. And the net, the net, net of um, the number of those kind of transactions that take place by registrars that aren't using the AGP to speculate for traffic um, are probably so low that it's barely a blip on their radar. You know, at the end of the day, all we can do is provide our points of view and try to um, make sure that those who are setting policies have a full picture, and the best we can do is, is wait at that point and see, see what kind of solutions come out of it. Okay, well, that's uh, an interesting perspective, and uh, you know, I think there's um, there's sides to both sides of the argument, and mm-hmm. um, um, you know, the goal is just to help folks uh, register uh, the names that they want in in various ways, and help them find the identities that best meet their needs. And uh, uh, although the the registry grace period or the um, registration grace period wasn't initially intended for um, the way it's being used today, it uh, doesn't mean that it's necessarily all bad. Um, there are some good points and some bad points to every single of the practices that that uh, actually is involved from the domain registration process. Understood. Uh, and I and I respect that and and I respect you for that. Right. So before we end up uh the uh the the interview, I wanted to know from your perspective, from all your experience both at register.com and at Fairwinds, <laughs> yeah. maybe you can give um three recommendations um on smart domain management uh from your perspective. And maybe these are things that are not so obvious to um the current owner. I mean, give some love, give some things that may be secret or proprietary on protecting some brands out there or that customers should look at to um um having a a, a nice valuable um long-term portfolio in their midst. Focus.com, that's the number one thing that I'll say. <clears throat> so often I find domain portfolios that have hundreds, if not thousands, of .orgs, .nets, and bizzes and infos. Focus.com, you know, that's what direct navigators tend to append their domain names um, with when they enter them into the address bar. That's the number one piece. The other one is um, certainly be, be conservative at best when looking at IDNs today. Um, a lot of a lot of money to be made by those that launch and promote different types of IDNs. That goes for new extensions as well. So you're a big uh, you're a big IDN supporter. I am not. Oh, I you're said, not. I oh, said okay. be be conservative about making choices around IDNs. Okay, sorry about that. And new TLD choices. Uh, there's often a lot of hype. If you if you enter a new extension conservatively, um, make sure you prioritize your brands. You'll know what's too deep. Don't go too deep after that, and uh, just sit back, respond, and relax, and, and watch what happens in the space. I'll give you an example, and I don't know if these examples are going to be true today because um, I haven't checked in a few weeks. But <clears throat> a couple weeks ago, both Yahoo.eu and Google.eu didn't resolve to content. They were registered to those companies, but they didn't resolve. Now, those are smart companies in the Internet space. Right, right. Right? And their customers are vocal, right? We write to Google all the time with questions, and they respond quickly. If there was a demand for .eu, if people were direct navigating to EU space um, sites, they'd know it. 
they'd set it up at least temporarily to redirect to Google Co. UK or at worst Google Com. Um, so you just got to you got to be careful. I mean, there's a lot of hype with utility launches, and the best practice is probably to 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 go in conservatively and and see what what mounts up. I mean, we know about a few companies that each uh, individually spent um, six figure sums for dot biz pre-registrations and registrations and at this point today those names are relatively worthless right now now just lad one last question what's your take on dot moby and uh and its application and um and you know and and the fact that google microsoft uh nokia uh um ericsson have all have vested interest in its outcome yeah. and its success uh, right. so obviously they do they have seen or will see some uh some benefit there and i understand there's going to be some um dot moby enabled uh product services software yeah. and phones coming out in the near future what's your take on it and uh where do you see the benefits and the and the opportunities or the not the not benefits of it yeah three words i love it i think dot moby is fantastic and i think that the value of dot moby domain names is going to go up faster than any other domain extension out there so you do love it are you recommending that to your corporate clients to cover a- themselves absolutely and in some cases it's there's not a clear commercial use for them cuz don't forget, some of our clients are large manufacturing companies that have primarily ingredient businesses, some with consumer applications, especially consumers who, in this country, are actively looking for information about them on the fly from their handheld device. It makes sense to register an extension that um, has added technology and benefits to load pages faster and, and to present them in a more meaningful way, not to mention internationally, where by and large, you know, this, this concept of two cars in the garage and three computers in the home might be, might be uh, realistic in this country, but outside of this country, there's a reason why people have handheld devices. They don't have fixed-line telephones coming into all of their houses, and they depend on their mobile handsets for a lot more than we do here. So right, right. I think uh, Mobi is, is fantastic. It's an exciting space and something that, that will continue to grow. What about .Asia? I'm a little bit less uh, bullish on .Asia. Less uh, bullish or, or not even excited about it? I'm not that excited about it. There are so many different, um, different countries, cultures within Asia. Asia is a huge place, right? And um, they're not all the same. In fact, their identity is much more closely tied to their local CCTLD than a, than a, than a regional TLD for Asia. I think that there will be... Some speculation, mass registration of .Asia domain names early on, much like we saw in .EU. But I think that there's going to be a real slow adoption rate on that that particular GTLD. Okay, great. Well, Josh, uh, one last thing before we leave. Um, what's the best way for folks to get a hold of you and uh, to touch base with Fairwinds in case they want to use your products and services? And uh, um, what's the best uh, email address and phone number? Or what do you, how do you recommend people uh, getting in touch with you for that? I appreciate that. Our web address is www.fairwindspartners.com. You can also reach it with fairwinds.mobi, by the way. Oh, there you go. Yeah, and uh, a, you know, a variety of different country codes around the world. But fairwindspartners.com is the best way to reach us, and all of our information is on the website. Well, thank you very much, Josh. I uh, really appreciate your time uh, tonight and uh, your insightful uh, recommendations and also your, uh, your positions on many of the controversial issues that are in the domain community. And uh, we look forward to working with you in the future with uh, some of your initiatives and, uh, and domain sales initiatives as well. Thanks, Bonnie. I really enjoyed speaking with you, and, and I'd be uh, happy to do it anytime. Thanks, Josh. Thanks again. Take care. Bye-bye. 
All right. Special thanks to my guest, uh, Josh Bourne with Fairwinds Partner uh, Partners, LLC. Um, please join us next week for another great live show of Domain Masters. And with that, please be the master of your domain. See you next week. Or a domain name, and they hunt around for a while, and they get aggravated, and they walk away because they can't find a reasonable domain name. Um, and that might be because <clears throat> while tasting identifies a com to register a domain name, and they hunt around for a while, and they get aggravated, and they walk away because they can't find a reasonable domain name. Um, and that might be because <clears throat> while tasting identifies a com to register a domain name, and they hunt around for a while, and they get aggravated and they walk away because they can't find a reasonable domain name. Um, and that might be because <clears throat> while tasting identifies, again, um, those that traffic that can uh, justify the cost of registration, sure, you, I guess the taster then registers it. Then he or she might spit out some others or they might come to register a domain name. And they hunt around for a while and they get aggravated and they walk away because they can't find a reasonable domain name. Um, and that might be because <clears throat> while tasting identifies a com to register a domain name and they hunt around for a while and they get aggravated and they walk away because they can't find a reasonable domain name. Um, and that might be because <clears throat> while tasting identifies a com to register a domain name and they hunt around for a while and they get aggravated and they walk away because they can't find a reasonable domain name. Um, and that might be because <clears throat> while tasting identifies this is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.